Taylor Swift is celebrating Pride Month by pandering to the LGBT LMNOP mafia, the gay Gestapo, if you will. And that, of course, is not surprising. What is surprising is that Taylor's message is accidentally correct. I wish that every place was safe and beautiful for people in the LGBTQ community. I really wish that. Risk, threat, risk. The suicide rate for transgender identifying people is 41%. The biggest threat to trans identifying people by far, really the only threat statistically, is themselves. And at a deeper level, the ideology that leads them to reject reality and attempt in vain to live according to delusion. Taylor Swift is right that we can't talk about pride without talking about pain. The ideology of pride in all its forms, well beyond the sex stuff, inevitably leads to pain because pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And everyone knows it. The transgender activists know it. That's why they're always screaming for the affirmation of their delusions. The pride paraders jiggling in the streets know it. Hence the frenzied bullying that all of a corporate America and everyone else falls in line. It's so obvious, even Taylor Swift knows it too. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Got a great testimony of a former Transheiser Bush executive on why companies like AB InBev, Bud Light, all the rest of them are going rainbow and specifically are going trans. We'll get to that in just a second. First though, speaking of the pain of pride, this story from Reuters, I think this sums it up. Reuters here is quoting the World Health Organization. You know, that very scientific, very credible, not at all political, just plays it straight. Whatever the science says, that's what they promote. That organization. So this is last year when monkeypox was surging. Monkeypox spread no reason to shun pride parades. An unusual spread of monkeypox does not mean people should shun LGBTQ plus pride parades this summer, a World Health Organization expert said on Monday adding that it was important to show support. First of all, an unusual spread of monkeypox. What's unusual about it? Monkeypox spreads at gay orgies. It's true that it can spread in other ways, but practically speaking, the way it spreads is gay orgies. That's how this recent epidemic of monkeypox began, because of weird, fetishistic gay orgies in Belgium and Spain. That's how it began. It is, for all intents and purposes, a gay, sexually transmitted disease. And there are going to be a bunch of political activists who insist, no, it's not. Monkeypox is not 
a sexually transmitted disease. It can be spread in other ways. That's true. HIV can be spread in other ways too. HIV can be spread by sharing needles on the street. But HIV, practically speaking, is a gay sexually transmitted disease. The same is true of monkeypox. Why is it important to show support? Well, not for health purposes, of course, but for ideological purposes. They go on. The usually mild illness that can cause flu-like symptoms and skin lesions has disproportionately affected men who have sex with men. That's the new term. Uh, health officials have stressed the disease can be transmitted to anyone who has close contact, such as skin to skin, with an infected person. A usually mild illness that can cause flu-like symptoms. That sounds familiar to me. Hold on, there's a, there's a usually mild illness that can cause flu-like symptoms that is spreading like an epidemic. But in this case, people should just go out and not worry about it at all. Now, the last time we had a usually mild illness that causes flu-like symptoms, we were told we had to lock down the entire world for three years. We were told that we couldn't go see our grandparents dying in the hospital. We were told that we couldn't go to funerals, we couldn't go to school, we couldn't go to work, we couldn't go to church, we couldn't. We could go to the pot dispensary, we could go to BLM riots, but we couldn't go to any, couldn't go to any, any of the other things. Okay. Monkeypox seems a lot worse, actually, than that last usually mild illness that causes flu-like symptoms, in that monkeypox causes skin lesions, and it's just generally way grosser. Well, why is the WHO encouraging people to go out there? Quote, it's important that people who want to go out and celebrate gay pride, LGBTQ plus pride, to continue to go and plan to do so, says Andy Seal, strategies advisor at WHO's Department of Sexually Transmitted Infections Programs. That's what he said at a WHO social media briefing. Why is that important? It's certainly not important to public health. If you wanted to protect public health and stop the spread of monkeypox, you would shut down all the pride parades. Why is it important? It's important because the WHO is not exclusively or even primarily a health or scientific organization. It's a political organization. It's made up of political apparatchiks who set public policy, which is what conservatives have been saying from the beginning of the COVID lockdowns. But at that time, we were told by all the libs, that, that the WHO and the CDC and all the rest of these groups merely were presenting the science. I'm not political. I've never had any political opinion publicly. I'm just talking about the science. But here we have WHO saying explicitly, forget about the science in this case. The ideology is more important than the spread of this epidemic. And I know there are gonna be a lot of people who say, what about COVID? Where was this idea during COVID? And the answer is, this was the exact same story during COVID. This is exactly what they told us. Don't forget, there was that letter signed by some 1,200 public health officials who insisted that it was important to go riot for the George Floyd protests because they claimed that white supremacy is a public health emergency that predates and exacerbates COVID-19. <laughs> they just made it up. They said, if you're a normal person who lives a normal life and you want to go do normal things, you have to stay locked up in your home. But if you're a leftist terrorist, you need to go out in the streets and burn things down. Now, that's good for public health. But you going to Granny's funeral, that's bad for public health. It's the same story. The libs always exempt themselves from their own rules. And furthermore, even the most over-the-top, clearly scientific program, any of these programs that are within public policy that claim to be neutral, they can never be neutral. They're always within a political context. They always take part in philosophical and often ideological premises. And the, the trick that the libs play is they tell us all 
ostensibly free citizens of a self-governing republic that we're not allowed to question their public policies. When they do something, it's always science and unassailable. When we do something, it's always politics. It's not scientific at all. And they can always trump us with their dictators and apparatchiks in lab coats. Now, the political order is obviously a little unstable. When that sort of thing happens, you're going to want to check out Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar-a-Lago home, quote, our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar. Inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt. The fact is, there is one asset that has withstood famine, wars, and political and economic upheaval dating back to ancient times, gold. You can own gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That is right. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. Best part is you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898 for your free info kit. They will hold your hand through the entire process. Think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Protect your savings with gold today. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers. Text Knowles to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold. That is Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898. Liberalism always protects itself. And who does liberalism have to protect itself from? Liberalism has to protect itself from the people. Liberalism and democracy, we've seen this increasingly in recent years, are in opposition to one another. And so what the liberals do is they redefine democracy as liberalism. So when the majority of the people oppose liberalism, we're told that's a threat to democracy, even though that's a completely incoherent statement. The majority of Hungarians have elected Viktor Orban. This poses a great threat to democracy. The majority of Americans or American electors have elected Donald Trump. This poses a great threat to democracy. Now, of course, by definition, the majority of people voting for something can't pose a threat to democracy, but they just mean liberalism. And liberalism is an elite ideology that looks on the people with a great deal of skepticism and tries to suppress the desires of the people. And liberalism is a revolutionary ideology, so liberalism's aims get increasingly crazy. We've seen this within our own lifetimes. We've seen this within the last decade or two. Liberalism, which begins from the starting point of skepticism. Hey, we can't really know what's good. Hey, we can't really know what's true. So you do you, I'll do me. We're not going to harm each other. We're not going to interfere in each other's lives. We're just going to do our own thing. Okay. We're individuals. We've got our own views of the world and we're just going to respect each other's views. Okay. That's how it starts. Relatively modest way to begin. And then that becomes, hey, we can't really know what marriage is. I know it's the fundamental political institution, but maybe it means one thing for you and one thing for me. Who's to say? We'll just redefine it to mean pretty much whatever we want it to mean. Hey, who's to say what a man is and what a woman is? We can't, you can't know. Your view of man might not be my view of man, so we're going to let hulking dudes into the women's locker room. Hey, we, you know, look, all this religion stuff, man, that's really harsh in my mellow. You know, it's really harsh in my vibe, man. So we got to kick the Bible out of schools. We got to kick prayer out of schools. We got to kick all public religion out of the public square. I mean, not our religion. We're going to put our pride flags everywhere. But your stuff, like a nativity scene at Christmas, yeah, we're going to get that out of the public square. Now, this is in opposition to what the people want. The vast majority of the American people don't support transgenderism. The vast majority of the American people don't support the weird rainbow pride progress flag everywhere. The vast majority of the American people don't support any of this nonsense. 
and yet it continues to advance. How? Because liberalism has little tricks up its sleeve. One of which is the judges. The judges very often will overrule the wise conservative impulses of the people. You're seeing this right now in Tennessee. Federal judge ruled on Friday that a Tennessee law that shields children from sexually explicit performances is unconstitutional. Tennessee passed a law which said, hey, if you're going to go jiggle around in provocative sexual ways, if you're going to have weird drag queens flaunting their goods in front of kids, it's really flaunting their bads in front of kids, uh, that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. Okay, pretty reasonable, right? We don't want our kids to be groomed by these weirdos. And then a federal judge comes in, U.S. District Judge Thomas Parker, and says that this is unconstitutionally vague and substantially overbroad. Would you imagine? Unconstitutionally vague, substantially overbroad. Don't groom the kids. Don't take them to weird sex shows. That's unconstitutional. Can you imagine James Madison rolling over in his grave at this absolutely debauched federal judge's ruling? Thomas Parker. Well, when you really think about it, actually, when you really think about it, don't you think Thomas Jefferson woke up in the morning with the stated goal, fought the revolution to sexualize the little kids? I don't think so. But that's what the revolutionary liberals want. And when the people say no, and the people through their representatives pass laws against it, the revolutionary libs come in through the courts or wherever else, and they say, nope, too bad. This same thing happened with porn laws in the 90s. Porn is one of the, the big social pathologies today. It's ubiquitous. It's leading people into all sorts of problems. People write into the show about this. They say, porn has really messed up my view of the world. I was exposed when I was 10 years old. It's really messed up my relationships. It causes divorce. It causes all sorts of problems. It causes uh, people to take a really violent, abusive, narcissistic view of each other and the other sex and all of it. It's just, it's just dreadful. So in the 90s, people saw this coming, both Democrats and Republicans, and they tried to do something about it. They passed the Communications Decency Act, which we now talk about mostly in the context of big tech regulation. But the Communications Decency Act was really about decency in communications. They also passed the Child Online Protection Act, COPA. This was passed under the Clinton administration, which had a Republican Congress. So this was passed by both parties and said, we got to regulate porn on the internet. And then the, the key provisions of those laws were struck down by judges who said, nope, liberalism demands that we have porn everywhere, and so we're going to strike down your censorship of it. Even though your censorship of it is perfectly in line with the American tradition, the vast majority of the American people want it, too bad, we're going to strike it down. Liberalism protects itself, and so the revolution goes marching on no matter what the people of either party try to do about it. You're seeing this reach a fever pitch down in Utah right now, a Utah school district a Utah school district, at a time when we cannot ban gay porn from elementary school classrooms and libraries in many cases, at a time when we cannot pass laws prohibiting perverts from jiggling around for little kids, Utah, Utah's uh, Davis school district, has just banned the, li- the Bible, rather, from its libraries and classrooms for vulgarity and violence. This is, this is really clever. The school district said that the Bible could be considered pornographic. This after a parent filed a complaint. And so elementary and middle school students in Utah's Davis School District, north of Salt Lake City, will no longer be able to find the Bible at school libraries. Now, of course, 
The Bible already could not be taught in schools because some liberals on the Supreme Court just decided that out of thin air in the middle of the 20th century. Now it won't even be found in the libraries. The book will remain in circulation, quote, only at the high school level based on age appropriateness due to vulgarity or violence. That according to school district spokesman Christopher Williams and NBC News. Why? Now, the the parent is filing the complaint because this parent is upset that conservatives are banning actual gay porn, like genderqueer by Maya Kababi, graphic visual depictions of, of disturbing sex and disordered sex being presented for little kids. Because that is now being kicked out of some schools, this parent says, well, we're going to kick the Bible out of schools. What's the complaint say? The complaint says, incest, onanism, bestiality, prostitution, genital mutilation, fellatio, dildos, rape, and even infanticide. You'll no doubt find that in the Bible. Under Utah Code, section 76, blah, 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 the Bible has, quote, no serious values for minors because it's pornographic by our new definition. That's what they're saying. See? (laughs) Got you. Got you, conservatives. Tell me that the Bible doesn't include descriptions of those things, or at least allusions to all those things. It does. You're right. The Bible alludes to incest, onanism. That's where we get the word for onanism. If you don't know what it is, don't look it up. Bestiality. Yeah, okay, fine. It alludes to all these things. This is why the current milquetoast conservative approach to this issue is not going to work. The current milquetoast conservative approach, the kind of squishy, hey, listen, I'm being reasonable here. I don't want to go after the pride people. I'm just, I'm just totally, um, I'm just neutral on this issue. Forget it. We don't need to ban gay sex from, or gay porn from elementary schools. We want to ban all sexual teaching. That's the current kind of milquetoast view, but that will never work. You actually can't ban all teaching that in any way alludes to sex from elementary school because sex, including and especially the sexual distinction between men and women, is fundamental to human nature. If you you teach a book to elementary school students about Mr. John and Mrs. Jane and their dog Spot and their son Jack, you are teaching something about sex. You're teaching something about family and how men and women relate to one another and what family looks like. You are teaching something about sex. When you teach the Bible, there are plenty of references in the Bible to all of these sorts of unpleasant things. The question is not, what do these books allude to? But what do the books teach about those things? Yes, the Bible references incest, onanism, bestiality, prostitution, genital mutilation, the list goes on and on and on. And the Bible says those things are bad. (laughs) And the pride people also teach about all of these things, onanism, fellatio, infanticide, obviously, all all these weird weird sex things. And the, the pride people say that those things are good. And a value-neutral approach to education is not going to be able to discern between the two things, which means that a value-neutral approach to education is just going to be exploited by the leftists who know what their values are and who are willing to enforce their values in the public square to, to install gay porn in elementary schools and to kick out the Bible. The only coherent response to that is going for us 
is going to be for us to stop pushing this value-neutral nonsense, which can never exist in practice, and to say, hey, yeah, you're right. The Bible and Maya Kababi both teach about these things. But one of them says they're bad, one of them says they're good, and we know that th- these are bad things. And so we're going to teach kids that they're bad things. And we're going to teach kids that men can't become women. And we're going to teach kids that th- the way you have a family is mommy marries daddy, and they have a child together. And, we're, and the family is the basic building block of society, and it's good to do that, and it's good to be fruitful and multiply. And it's bad to do all this like weird sex stuff that the libs are trying to teach five-year-olds. Yeah, we're going to have values. It's either going to be ours or it's going to be theirs. Which view do you want to teach? Gender queer or Genesis, Exodus, and Deuteronomy? You tell me. Utah, I know which one I want to teach. I think Utah and the rest of the country needs to get a little bit more serious about it. We're in a place right now where the country is, is really quite unstable. I've mentioned it many times, and that's why you got to check out my Patriot Supply. Right now, go to preparewithnoles.com. I love that URL. In a world filled with uncertainties, it is crucial to be ready for whatever comes your way. Whether it's a natural disaster, a sudden emergency, or unforeseen circumstances, having a reliable food storage system can provide you with peace of mind and the assurance that you and your loved ones will be well taken care of. Right now, My Patriot Supply is knocking $200 off their popular three-month emergency food kit to help you start growing your supply. Go to preparewithnoles.com, grab this special price before it ends. Your three-month emergency food kit provides over 2,000 calories each day for optimal strength and energy in stressful situations. You can enjoy a wide variety of My Patriot Supply food from buttermilk pancakes and chicken alfredo to rice pudding. Their meals have you covered for every part of your day. Best part is, each meal is delicious. Don't wait for disaster to strike before taking action. Invest in your safety and well-being by securing your food storage today. Go to preparewithnoles.com, save $200 on each kit your family needs. Preparewithnoles.com right now. That is preparewithnoles.com. Speaking of education, Minnesota's just announced it will give free college education to illegal aliens. This is being touted as a way to, quote, provide historic investment for student support and our institutions. There are going to be a lot of people who have paid for college in Minnesota who are going to be furious about this. People who are American citizens, Minnesota taxpayers, they had to pay for their education. Meanwhile, these illegal aliens come in, they break our laws, and they get free education. This isn't fair. Yeah, you're right, it's not fair. Why would the state do this? The state would do this because education, public education, is not primarily about the individual. Public education is primarily about the state. The state of Minnesota the liberal people who rule Minnesota are not doing this because they really care for the well-being of the Venezuelan migrants, or I guess more likely Somalian migrants into Minnesota. The liberal rulers of Minnesota are doing this because they know that forcing these people into classrooms will shape their minds and, and impel them to conform to the liberal ideology that governs the state. That's what education is for. Education just means bringing somebody up raising somebody, teaching somebody. That's why we have to do it, inevitably. You need to be educated. You're going to be educated one way or the other. Now, previously, we had a little bit of a mixture of education in our country. For a long time, it was just private education, various forms of private and very local education. Then the liberal reformers came in and they imposed ever more national forms of public education. And then they started to extend the time timeline on it. So it used to be You'd go to public education, first grade through 
eighth grade and then later on 12th grade. Okay, first through 12th, that's great. Then they added kindergarten onto that. Then they added preschool onto that. Then they started to insist upon college for everybody. So all of a sudden, the 12 years that you were going to spend in public education, which was going to be offset by all the time you were spending at home, those summers with your family, the time you're spending in church, the time you're spending in your community, all of a sudden, all that extra time with all those other influences starts to get crowded out. And it's crowded out by the liberal state, which is going to spend more and more time influencing you. From preschool starting at age three these days, I I know some people who send their kids to preschool, which is really just daycare, but it's daycare with an ideological bent to it. They'll start doing that at age two. And then now everyone has this view that they have to go to college. Then you had another four years on the end of that. And then some people who can barely spell their names, frankly, are going on and getting master's degrees. And to get a PhD still requires a fair bit of sophistication. But to get a master's degree, that's been watered down greatly. And it's too bad for the people who actually are seeking a further higher education because the quality of the education at virtually every level has been watered down, and it's been watered down intentionally by the state, which is just seeking to bring as many people into the system as it possibly can. Of course the rulers in Minnesota are going to do this. It benefits them politically. Speaking of people up north, Canada has a new public health campaign. Canada's public health campaign will be to print warnings on cigarettes. Now, we've had warnings on cigarettes for many decades at this point. And if you ever travel to Europe, you'll know that the warnings get even more intense. Here it just says, Surgeon General's warning, cigarettes are bad for you, they can cause cancer, or they can cause birth defects. Okay. When you go to Europe, it's just these big letters, smoking kills, quit smoking now. It's, it's all sorts of diseased organs. It's jokes about erectile dysfunction. It's really intense and in your face. Canada is now going further as Canada seems to go further on everything. The nicest people in the world seem to go extremely, to to the extremes of offensiveness and absurdity, more than anyone else on earth, and yet they're so nice about it. They're like, oh, well, you know, hey, hey, don't you know, we're going to go kill all the elderly and the homeless. Oh, yes, Uh haha, don't you know. Uh, So Canada has decided they're going to print the warnings, not just on the cigarette cartons, not just on the cigarette packs, on the cigarettes themselves. Which is really genius, right? You've already you got the tobacco and you got all the added chemicals that the cigarette companies put in. And now Canada is going to add ink to that as well. That's probably healthy for you, right? And uh, Canada has announced that they're going to put them on all the cigarettes. First country in the world to do so. They're hoping other countries follow suit. My question is, is Canada, Canada going to do the same thing for doobies? Is Canada going to require warning labels on big fat blunts? Is that the next step? No. No, Canada's not going to do that. Even though marijuana is in many ways much worse for you than cigarettes, will leave your lungs filled with more tar than cigarettes will. That doesn't matter. Canada has legal marijuana, not just for medical purposes, but for recreation too. The liberals in Canada are all fine with you filling your lungs with very toxic, mind-altering smoke when it's the smoke that they like, just not the smoke that we like. Tobacco, broadly, is preferred by conservatives. We like cigars. We like dip. We like even cigarettes. People who smoke cigarettes tend to be of the working class. And so while it's true that many of them might vote Democrat, the working classes broadly tend to be uh, temperamentally conservative. Uh, inst- constitutionally conservative. 
They're not the radical activists out there. They're the kind of normal people who like their norms and customs. That's who likes tobacco. Broadly speaking, the conservative people. Who likes doobies? I know that there are right-wingers who like to smoke the devil's lettuce, puff on a few jazz cigarettes every now and again, spark up the Peruvian parsley. But broadly speaking, the people who like marijuana are the libs. It's a lib thing, okay? And so in Canada, you got two substances that you could smoke, one of which actually is worse for you, and it's marijuana. The marijuana, no warning label, it's fine, go do it, it's great, peace and love, man, it's a wonder drug, it cures everything. Tobacco, which sharpens your mind, makes you quicker if it does anything at all, uh, in addition to all the health concerns, the way it affects your mind is it just makes you smarter and faster. That's the one that needs the warning label. This is just a matter of imposing political preference and culture on people and ideology. We're going we're going to punish the conservative thing. We're going to support the liberal thing. This is why during COVID, the libs locked down the churches. They kept the pot dispensaries open. This is why. The reason why is that they're going to punish the conservative thing. They're going to reward and encourage the liberal thing. The libs view politics as little more than a distinction between friends and enemies. You're seeing this now in some of what's coming to light from COVID. The new CDC director, a woman named Mandy Cohen, just recounted how she, as then North Carolina health director, came up with her COVID mandates. I would call, probably the person I called most was the Secretary of Health and Human Services in Massachusetts. She worked for a Republican governor just to, um, but you know, when she was like, are you, are you gonna let them have professional um, uh, football? And I was really like, nope. And she's like, okay, neither are we, neither are we. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so uh, you know, it was like conversations like that. So, or, or I'd be like, so when are you gonna think about lightening up a mess? They were like, so you're like next Monday. I'm like, okay, next Monday. Just a couple girls gabbing, you know, hey, hey, Shirley. Are you gonna let are you gonna let your guys go to their grandparents' funerals? Nah, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I was sort of like just flip a coin. I don't know. So, how was your day? What do you think? This was just a couple of girls gabbing. This was not the inerrant, infallible voice of science with a capital S. This was politics, not science. Hey, you think we can get away with this? Nah, okay, we won't push that hard. What about this? Yeah, we could probably do that. We probably can't shut down these BLM riots, right? And anyway, it's really important that they go out there and they riot. But we can stop the conservatives from going to church, can't we? Yeah, okay, good. Okay, we'll do that. That's good. Hey, do you think we should uh, tell the, the orgy people to stop doing the orgy stuff? Because monkeypox is spreading a lot. No, we like pride. Yay, pride. Okay, that's fine. Forget about that one. But we'll tell the conservatives that they have to shut down their businesses, right? Yeah, okay, good, good. Politics, not science, of course. Which, frankly, is how it should be. Dr. Fauci was always wrong, and he was always a liar. Maybe he was just totally ignorant of, of what politics and science are. I, I, don't, I don't put just total benighted ignorance past the man. But public policy is always about politics and trade-offs and what kind of society we want to live in. When the libs say, look, it's more important to us that we have the big rainbow parades than that we stop the spread of monkeypox, 
That's a legitimate political position to hold. It's not a very smart one, but it's a legitimate political position to hold. You're saying we want a cultural and sexual revolution more than we want to stop people from catching this STD. When, when the, the libs came out and they said, we support the BLM riots, even though it'll spread COVID, we support the BLM riots. It's more important that the libs go out and burn down the, the buildings and loot the Nike stores than that we stop the spread of this flu-like disease. That's a legitimate political position to hold. The problem is we were told that it wasn't political. We were told that we're not allowed to have political views ourselves and we're not, we're not allowed to support them. This is, this is an admission of what the conservatives knew the whole time. And it's a return to something that's more normal and more basic, which is self-government. Now, science, for all of its flaws, you know I'm very skeptical of science. Skeptical not just of scientism and the lab coat people and those who have perverted science. I'm skeptical of basically the entire scientific project. I'm skeptical of the way of thinking that has characterized the Western mind since the scientific revolution. I'm skeptical of arguments about what a woman is, let's say, that, that merely boil down to two X chromosomes and a uterus. I just think that's reductive and soul-denying and, and ignores the metaphysical basis of reality. So I'm kind of down on science. But there's some good stuff that comes out of scientific and technological advancement. One piece of evidence for this would be the baby boxes, and specifically a baby box in Knoxville. Have you heard of baby boxes? Baby boxes are exactly what they sound like. It's a safe haven box where mothers who choose not to kill their children through abortion, who choose to give birth to their children, but don't know what to do with them once the children are born, they can just drop the baby off, usually at a firehouse or, or police station, put the baby in a box, and the baby will then be put up for adoption. We'll go into a sort of orphanage foster care system, but then hopefully be, be put up for adoption. Um, this used to happen. People would leave babies at the fire department, but the babies could die of exposure. I mean, this has happened before. Abandoned babies will die of exposure very quickly. These are, these are very vulnerable creatures. So the baby box was invented to be climate controlled, to be very safe, to give first responders an opportunity to come and help the babies out. Uh, this has now been used in Knoxville. Tennessee's first safe haven baby box was used for the first time. This was about uh, a couple of weeks ago, according to the Knoxville Fire Department. And the baby was approximately 30 minutes old. Firefighters called an ambulance. They took the baby to the hospital. The baby is doing very well. Great stuff. Reminder that conservatives cannot totally turn our back on technology. I don't really like modern technology at all. I'm not a big fan of having screens everywhere. Or any, I basically never text anybody back. I, I'm not, but this is a great example of saying, as technology advances, let's turn it to our own good. While the libs are turning technology toward creating babies in laboratories and in, insisting upon these designer baby eugenics campaigns that are ghoulish and anti-human, while, while the libs are turning the technology toward killing babies, the conservatives are going to turn that technology toward saving babies who are in danger, and that is great news. Now, I mentioned this question of what is a woman. You might have seen this phrase in the news the last couple of days. Daily Wire, we just had the fight of our lives and we won. Yet again, we won. It was the beginning of Pride Month and the one-year anniversary of Matt's groundbreaking documentary, What is a Woman? So we decided to celebrate by making it free for everyone to watch on Twitter for a day or two. We all thought that Twitter 1.0 was coming back from the ashes with the censorship and the suppression of conservative voices when that movie was marked hateful conduct for misgendering. Well, the great news is 
Elon Musk made good on his promise. Not only did he remove the restrictions, but he personally tweeted out the movie, said every parent should watch it. It was a huge victory for the message of the film. The tweet now has over 170 million views, has made headlines around the world. For the second Pride Month in a row, it was the number one streaming movie on Rotten Tomatoes of all films in all categories. It's gotten more views than CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News combined. Daily Wire, I'll say it, I don't want to toot our own horn too much. It's a culture-changing engine. No other conservative media company can say that. We owe a debt of gratitude to those of you who have supported our mission. We wouldn't have been able to do it without you. And for those of you who saw What is a Woman for the first time this weekend, this kind of content is what we do best. There's a lot more to come. There's still a lot of work to be done. We have to keep pushing back against the libs. We have to shine some light into that darkness. So thank you to those of you who have joined. And if you haven't, sign up. What are you waiting for? Now is the time because if you sign up today, you'll get 25% off your membership when you use code WOMAN at checkout. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe today. My favorite comment on Friday is from Old Schooled. Love Old Schooled. He keeps cropping up in the comments. Who says, congratulations to Joe Biden for being the most down-to-earth president of all time. Down-to-earth. Do you get it? (laughs) Do you get it? That was a good one. That was a really good one. The liberal system is designed to advance this radicalism. It's not just one company. It's not just one guy. It's, not, it's the whole system. As a former executive for Transheiser Bush explained just a couple of days ago. So how does this actually work? These guys are telling the truth. Here's how it works. It's pretty simple. You just have to follow the money. If you take a look at BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, they manage $20 trillion worth of capital. But it's not their own money. This is the money of everyday citizens, firefighters, police officers, doctors who generally have their money either via 401ks or in a lot of cases, large pension funds. Large pension funds like the state of California, which manages the largest pension fund in the U.S., and the state of New York, and then European European pension funds as well. And a lot of the politicians in those states, in California, for example, they recently have mandated those large pension funds that they divest from things like fossil fuels and oil and gas. And then when when Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York, was there, did the same thing. But they also tell BlackRock, State Street and Vanguard, if they're going to manage their money, they have to commit to things like ESG, diversity, equity, inclusion, and adopt firm wide commitments that they therefore then force onto all the major companies in corporate America. So obviously this guy, Anson Fredericks, knows what he's talking about. And Anson is also one of the founders of Strive Asset Management, which is Vivek Ramaswamy's uh, asset management company to fight against woke investment. What he's describing, this ESG movement, is this idea that the asset managers are able to use your money to throw your weight around for, the, for their ideological celebrated causes and then force the corporations to get in line. Very true. And as this issue becomes more prominent, which it will over the next year, that's going to be very good for Vivek's presidential campaign because everyone's looking for a lane. Trump is Trump. He's running in the Trump lane. Populism, old right, old conservative kind of lane, correcting a lot of the ideological preferences on the right of the last 20, 30 years. Ron DeSantis is running in that same lane. He's just running on an efficiency competency platform. So he's saying, I'm going to do all the Trump stuff, but I'm going to be better at it. I'm going to get it done in a way that Trump was not able to get it done. And I'm going to win in a way that Trump's not going to be able to win. Okay, that's that's where they're running. You've got Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, very likely 
uh, Mike Pence running in the same lane, the, the sort of moderate, acceptable, centrist, appeal to suburban housewives kind of lane. And then you've got Vivek is running in this out of left field ESG lane. He's running on the woke incorporated stop the woke takeover of corporate America lane. That's, that's an issue that is kind of unique to him. Uh, this is good. This is good news for his presidential campaign. Now, it's a system. I've said it's a system. One great evidence of this, it was the most egregious reporting I've seen in weeks, and it has to do with what is a woman. NBC News. NBC News tweets out, on Thursday, Twitter was roiled by an organized pressure campaign by conservative pundits seeking to promote a 95-minute anti-transgender video. The incident resulted in two high-level departures within 24 hours. This is a really amazing example of of rhetoric and dishonesty in rhetoric. A 95-minute anti-transgender video. Is there a word for 90-minute videos? Do we have another word in our language for videos that are an hour and a half long? Oh, we usually call them movies or films. This a 95-minute anti-transgender video makes you think it's shot on an iPhone or something, and it's this kind of weird, bizarre rant. What is a woman is a multi-million dollar movie. It's the most popular movie of the year and one of the most popular documentaries of all time. <laughs> oh, it's just a 95-minute anti-transgender video. It was an organized pressure campaign by conservative pundits. They're referring there, I assume, to the Twitter spaces that, that kicked off this controversy, and that was Twitter, a Twitter spaces that was run by Jeremy, Ben, me, Matt, Drew, Jordan Peterson, Candace Owens. Oh, it's just some conservative pundits. No, it's the head of one of the biggest media companies on the right, one of the most prominent media companies these days in the country. Jordan Peterson, the most prominent public intellectual in the world. It's true, some of us are conservative pundits, but you know, it's not just people mouthing off on TikTok exactly, okay? It's a little bit more of an organized, serious, institutionalized kind of uh, situation that we're talking about here. They say, oh no, it's just, it's all, all on the fringe. This is what the libs always do. They say, oh, your views, your, your views, ordinary Americans, they're, they're free fringy. They're out of the mainstream. The fact that these people have the audacity to call themselves mainstream media is, su- is hilarious. It's risible. Mainstream. If you think that marriage is what it has always been for all of human history, you know, it involves men and women, <laughs> sexual difference. Oh, you're fringe. You're crazy. If you think men can't become women, you're fringe. You're crazy now. Oh, you're just one of these weirdo little pundits with a long video that roiled Twitter. Well, it worked. Why did it work? Because the vast majority of people know that we're right. And we do now have the richest man in the world who is, who is standing up for free speech and for the truth in this case. The headline of the NBC article, Musk's response to an anti-trans video sparks 24 hours of chaos at Twitter. <laughs> 24 hours of chaos. <laughs> it's chaos. No, it just caused some like libs to quit, basically, right? That was it. And then Elon promoted the video. Okay, great. You, you see this all over, this pressure campaign. This is a story near and dear to my heart. I spoke at the University of Buffalo a few months ago. There were lots of protests and all sorts of nonsense. I was, I was condemned by not only the administration of the school, I was condemned by the chancellor of SUNY, the entire state university of New York system. Why? 
for this issue, because I said men and women are different, because I said that for the good of society and especially for the good of the poor people who've fallen prey to this delusion and confusion, transgenderism must be eradicated from, from public life entirely, the whole ideology uh, at every level. You know, that there was that little little controversy. So as a result of that, the U Buffalo was forced to allow me to speak because it's a publicly funded institution and I have First Amendment rights and the students at the school have First Amendment rights. Well, now U Buffalo has decided to cancel the entire Young American, the Young Americans Foundation chapter because they invited me to speak. They, they used a bunch of little uh, procedural loopholes to ban this group of students from campus, from meeting on campus and from operating as a student group because they had the temerity to invite me, a conservative speaker, to come speak there. So they're suing. YAF is suing, and they've got ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, helping them with that lawsuit, which is really, really great news. The libs view politics as a matter of friends and enemies. If you're their friend, you can get away with anything. If you're their enemy, nothing you do can ever be right. You will be destroyed. This is how they view things. There's no mainstream. There's no neutrality. There's no meeting in the middle on these sorts of issues. Either we're going to win or we're going to lose. Right now we're winning, but we need some more backbone. We need some more clear vision. We need some more to support to keep on winning. You know, it's Music Monday, baby. The rest of the show continues now. You don't want to miss it because we started the show with Taylor Swift. And coincidentally, providentially, Mr. Davies has given us a, a new Taylor Swift song to to uh, analyze, to critique, to parse and understand. This song's been up for nine days. It's already got 14 million views. Because Taylor Swift, I don't know why, is pretty much the most popular person on planet Earth. I couldn't tell you a Taylor Swift song. I don't think I've ever consciously intended to listen to a Taylor Swift song. And yet, everyone absolutely loves her. So, we'll get to that. DailyWire.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles to check out for two months free on all annual plans. 